Hey everyone, my name is Christine Kreischer and I'm one of the pastors at GT Church and your host for the Growing Together podcast where we bring you new episodes every Wednesday to give you a midweek boost of encouragement and inspiration that will motivate you to live out your faith, to put it into practice. Today, we're sitting down with Pastor Eric Goldsboro. He brought us the third message in our new teaching series called, What is Real? His message was focused on what is real freedom. And he did an incredible job of helping us to understand how God defines freedom, true freedom. If you missed Pastor Eric's message, please go back and watch it and share it with a friend. It's a good idea, right? Eric, thanks so much for sitting down with us today so that we can dig a little bit deeper into your message on Sunday. Your message had so much um, meat in it. It was powerful. It was inspiring. And it was really, really challenging. You, Your bottom line, we always say, like, if there's one thing that you remember um, from, from our message, um, it's this. And this week you said that freedom is found in forgiveness. Do you want to just unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah, this... Uh... You know, I had said it when I when I started the message. This was a this was a tough one for me to uh, put together. And I love writing sermons; absolutely love it. But this one was tough. Um, I think because not necessarily because we're talking about freedom, but just kind of because where I, I feel where culture has us with the thought of freedom in this past year, because a lot of our freedoms have have been taken away and you know, that created a lot of anxiety and stress. And so that wasn't the freedom that I was talking about or, or wanted people to understand. The freedom that I want want people to understand through the message is the freedom that is found in Christ and the forgiveness of your sins so you can truly live as a free person uh, in Christ. So a uh, little bit difficult to write, but um, the Lord was was gracious and, and felt I... Um, hopefully came across with a good message for for people to understand that true forgiveness is found in Jesus. Yeah, I love that so much. And it was, I mean, you did, you really did an incredible job because it's, we don't want to be, I know that's, it's a challenge too sometimes, right? Is to get on a soapbox and to yep. talk about, but you were so focused on what is the biblical, what did Jesus mean when he talked about freedom, right? And what does true freedom really, really look like? And just appreciated that so much. I'm feeling that same tension as I prepare to preach a message this coming Sunday called what is justice, right? Like that word's like a power keg. And so, um, but my heart is to do the exact same thing. It's not my idea of justice. It's not, you know, what's trendy and popular in the world today, but what does the Bible say about Jesus justice and how did Jesus live? You know what I mean? That because that's where, if we stay focused on the word and like, Hey, if, if this offends you, it's not me that's offending you, <laughs> right? It's the gospel. It gets you off the hook as a pastor. It really does. That's right. that's right. Yeah, yeah. When you start giving your own opinions and your own, then you get into trouble. I've done that way too many times. So, yep. <laughs> yes. All right. So one of the things that you talked about when you, uh, point number two in your message was that faith sets you free. And you just talked about, you said, I remember one of the biggest hurdles for me to overcome was making a decision to follow Jesus in, in making a decision to follow Jesus was thinking that I would have to live a life of do's and don'ts, lots of rules and regulations. Right. And then you said you were thinking that re, you were thinking about religion and not relationship. Yep. You said, I, I knew I could never follow religion, but I also knew that I longed for a relationship with Jesus, but my yep. desire for freedom and doing things my way was keeping me enslaved 
to sin. And yep. so it just made me wonder, um, what made you then take that leap? If your idea was following Jesus means boredom and <laughs> legalist, you know, living a life of boredom, obligation and, and legalist legalism. Um, what, what was the change for you? Well, when I, I started coming to GT when I was 18, because I was invited by actually someone I was dating and her mom was, uh, just a born again, solid believer and would challenge, challenge me a lot because she knew, um, I was not on the path I needed to be. And, uh, I really wasn't a good person to be dating her daughter, quite honestly. And so as any loving mom would, um, but this was a loving mom who loved Jesus. She would really just straight up get in my face sometimes and wow. ask me some really tough questions. Um, and the one that she asked that just like rocked my world, I didn't let her know it at the time, but when I got in my car to leave, I, I, couldn't an I could answer it, but I didn't want to answer it. And the question was, how is this going to end for you? And what she meant by that was the lifestyle I was leading. And so the lifestyle was all about partying and, and you know, me and whatever I wanted to do, whatever felt good, hanging with my friends, doing all the wrong things to fill the empty void I had inside. And so she could see the path I was, was on was going to lead to destruction or jail or something awful. Yeah. And so I knew that too, but I was too prideful to admit it. But it made me realize that as I would go to church on Sunday, <laughs> Monday, I would be back in my lifestyle. And then I would go Wednesday night and be convicted and be challenged. And the Holy Spirit was drawing me. And then Thursday, I'd go back. So I was living this, this double life. And, and Jesus being so gracious and full of mercy was just continuing to draw me and convict me in only his loving way. Mm. So it made me realize, I'm, I just want to be free of this. I'm tired of, of being pulled by the world. And then I hear this love of Jesus and I, it's like being stretched. And, and I realize I'm not free. I just want to be free. What is free? And it was a, it was a message by Pastor Swank, just a straight gospel message of how much Jesus loved me, that I was a sinner, but there was forgiveness for my sins and I could have this new life. And I'm like, that's it. It's, it's not about do's and don'ts and don't go out partying Friday night, Eric. It, it, it's about this relationship with someone who died for me, who, who knows me individually, personally, and loves me so much that he wants nothing but the best for me. And I'm like, that's what I want. Like, no human being can give that to me. No substance can give that to me. Nothing but this relationship. You're, so... And I kind of made this deal with God, wink, wink, where I'm like, okay, God, if, if you're real, then you need to show up on Sunday. It's still this arrogance in me, mm -hmm. but you know, he loves you so much. I he probably just kind of giggled and rolled his eyes at that. But of course he met me that Sunday and that Sunday, when, when I made that, that faith, that when I chose that faith and I believed in faith and I received the gift of Jesus. I have never felt more free in my life. And I remember getting up from the altar, Brother Paul Long leading me to the Lord, who's now with Jesus. I remember leaving that church feeling like I now only have one person that I live for, and his name is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he loves me the way I am. He's going to continue to 
make me who he created me to be and walk beside me in love and grace and mercy. And I truly was like, I've, I don't have to worry about what my friends think, my family. I don't have to conform to this group or that group. I'm free. I am 100% finally in my life free. That's incredible. I think a lot of people can can relate to that. You know, it's that whole like having one foot in the world and one foot, you know, in your relationship with Jesus. And when you step over that line and you go all in, it's freedom. It's, it is like you use that illustration on Sunday of um, when you put the handcuffs on and you talked about like, I can function, I can, I've got the handcuffs on, I can, you know, I can function this way, but can you thrive that way? No. Right. No. Right. And you, when, when you were talking, I, I think so many times, and you, you see this in the world, especially on social media right now, um, we think we can, <laughs> we think it's condemnation that leads to repentance, right? But the Bible says it's kindness that leads to repentance. Yeah. It's, it's that it's when our affection changes, right? Our yeah. affection, we fall in love with the person of Jesus. And like you said, you, you accept and, and acknowledge the great gift, the free gift that he gave to you when he died for our sins before we even said we were sorry, that kind of love is like, oh my gosh, it makes me want to be like him. Yeah. So it was interesting today. I, I was having a great conversation with somebody just talking about my early years of getting saved and, you know, Jesus saved me from a lot, a lot. So you're, you're, you're full of zeal in this new life and but I realized the longer I'm in a relationship with Jesus, man, I, I was kind of rough as a new Christian, even though it was, it was like the parable of, of, um, the King that granted mercy to the guy that owed him a lot. And so the King forgave everything, every debt he ever had, he was forgiven. Mm -hmm. But then when this man encountered someone who owed him just like a, a day's worth of wages, he put him in jail and all these things. I was a little rough as a new Christian where I didn't show a lot of grace and mercy. And I was like, man, I was such a goof when I was a new Christian. Um, me too. <laughs> so it just reminds me like, man, show people grace, show people grace where God loves them right where they are. Now he's not willing for them to stay that way, but show, try to show them the grace that God shows them and that he showed me because he showed me a lot. Yeah. So, interesting <laughs> that's really good i can totally relate to that because i remember when i um <laughs> when i gave my life to jesus and decided to follow him i was a mess too like every aspect of my life was in shambles and so, and i was living like crazy and so then I, I find Jesus. So I'm like living all the way over here in this crazy lifestyle and Jesus, you know, God's all the way over here. And so out of fear, because I just wanted to do the right thing and I just wanted to please God because I had not yet truly comprehended what grace is, mm -hmm. free gifts, like you said, loves you right the way you are, where you are, doesn't want you to stay that way, but loves you right where you are. Um, I did. I went whoa, so far. I was crazy. And I look back now my family and some of my, my best friend from that time, she was like, you were, you were nuts. And you were so, you were so judgmental and you were so like, you just beat people over the head with the Bible. <laughs> and my parenting was, I started to parent out of fear. Like, okay, there's going to be nothing secular in our homes. And like, 
I was like, needed to find the balance, needed to remember this is about a relationship. This is not about religion and the, the you know, checking the boxes and doing all the things. So that's a great reminder, right? Let's lead. The process. It, from a we're, place of grace. we're all in a process, man. And just show people some grace. And, right. you know, if they know you truly love and care for them and you have their best interest in mind, you're going to be a greater influencer that way than if you're just hammering them and people don't need to be told what they're doing is wrong. I think for the most part, we are born with a conscience and we know right from wrong, but what they do need to know is the gospel and the love of Jesus. And that's where we come in that we have that opportunity to share that. And I do love that verse that kindness is what leads to repentance. So yeah. Yeah. And Jesus, you know, he he didn't come into this world to condemn the world, right? to make us free. And so, yeah, that's awesome. Well, you, you also talked about, um, especially at the end of your message, you invited people to follow Jesus, people who had not made a decision yet to follow Jesus. And you said, you can never truly be free without the forgiveness of your sins. Yeah. And that is a, that's a huge part, right? That's, that's the first step is to put our faith and trust in Jesus to accept the three, the free gift of salvation. Um, so you receive forgiveness when you put your faith in Jesus, but now there's like something that is also really, really crucial because it's one thing to accept Jesus's forgiveness because John three sixteen says that for God to love the world, he came right and, and gave up his only son so that we could have eternal life. That's one thing, but that is the start. That's right. just the beginning, right? Because there's a bigger piece to remember. So we don't just, so we put our faith in Jesus. We get our, our ticket to heaven, right? Like I got, I got the golden ticket. I get to go to heaven. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Jesus said, now you go and you help people find and follow me. And when we are broken, and especially if our view of ourselves is not formed from the word of God and what God says about us, we walk around wounded Mm -hmm. and we end up hurting a lot of people in our path versus helping other people. And and kind of, we become a broken signpost, right? We're talking a lot about broken signposts and we're that broken signpost that doesn't help people find and follow Jesus. So on Monday morning, you led the devotion for our, our teaching team, for our bottom line team meeting. And I was blown away. It was so, so good. And you talked a little bit about that, right? You talked about um, finding forgiveness, but forgiving yourself. So right. would you mind sharing that with us? Yeah. So boy, that that's a tough one. You know, there, there are a lot of wonderful people out there. There are a lot of people who love Jesus, a lot of in different circumstances, but they still kind of drag this thing with them and it's not being able to forgive themselves. Um, and, and that is a terrible thing to try to carry around, you know, and, and God doesn't remind us of our past. That's not who's doing that, but kind of talking about uh, on Monday, how God uses broken things. And I had said it in my message, we're all broken. We're all born broken. I, I know that doesn't sound good to hear. And, but but if I present it the right way, hopefully, you know, people will understand that it's, it's sin nature. We, we are all born broken. And what it really does is it, it's a level playing field. So no one can say I'm better than this person, or, you know, maybe I was born into this family. And no, no, it doesn't really matter. What matters is realizing number one, that we're all broken. 
that we, that we all have flaws. But here's the beautiful part with that. Don't stay there. We have a God who created us, who can take those flaws and create something beautiful. He can create something beautiful out of something that's broken, and that's us. But, and then I gave some illustrations of, of characters in the Bible that were had some serious flaws and were broken, but God still used in a, in a huge way. You know, here's one that should be familiar to most people is, is David. David was referred to as um, um, close to God's heart. And David was an adulterer and a murderer. Now, you know, think, who, how can God use someone like that? Well, he did in a huge way. And so we asked this question. I asked this question of myself. And so this is what I challenged the staff with was, so finish this simple statement. I am fill in the blank. And so normally we can fill in the blank four different ways. Okay. There's, there's four different ways. You can fill in the blank with how you see yourself. And I'll just be honest. If, if it's how I see myself, some days I don't see myself very qualified or a very good person. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I'm the one to, to fill that in all the time. So you can let others fill in the blank, how they see you, but then you're really trying to live up to other people's standards. And, and quite honestly, that's a no win. It just never seems to work and it's stressful and it's not how God intended it. Then there's a very real enemy who will fill in the blank for you every single time. And what the enemy will do is he'll usually bring up the past and he'll say, and he'll kind of go, you were, you were this, you were that. And so you fill it, you let the enemy fill in the blank. But the last one is if you let God fill in the blank. And this is the one I think, quite honestly, I need to do every day. I need to be reminded of how God sees me. And it's simply done. All we have to do is open his, his word. Yeah. And you will see exactly what God thinks of you. And so I gave a, quite a few different Bible verses, um, just trying to remind us Monday morning of, of I am. So I'll just do a couple because it's before you do that, Eric, oh, can yeah, I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. um, because that was so powerful. And I'd like to kind of wrap up with that, sure. that exercise. But can you, would you mind talking about, I know you said like when you allow yourself to fill that, you know, how dangerous that can be. Um, but also the enemy tries to fill that in by reminding you of your past. Can you use a personal example of that or share a personal example of that? Yeah. You know, somebody said as a pastor, if you light yourself on fire, people come and listen to you and watch you all day. So I'll just light myself on fire. Um, growing up, you know, I was, uh, I shared a little bit on Sunday, you know, my mom was a single mom for a while and um, she worked very hard, but you know, life was tough. And, and we grew up in the, in the next to the projects in Reading next to Oak Brook. And my mom was working all the time. And so my brother and I were left alone. And, you know, I, I was kind of a lonely kid. I was really a, a, an introvert. I was okay by myself, but it got lonely. Um, I didn't do much. So I was kind of I don't know how to say it. I, I was a fluffy kid. <laughs> I didn't get a lot of exercise. I like to eat. So just you figure it out. But that was me. So I, I didn't think very highly of myself. I didn't like school. I didn't apply myself in school. I didn't like gym class. So I just, it was rough growing up, you know, trying to, then, then you come from a divorced household. 
And then you're split between mom and dad. And my mom and dad were very different. And so I just did not really think of myself highly at all. And never in my life growing up, not until I had had an encounter with Jesus and started following Jesus, never did I think about the church. Never did I really think about the Lord or anything like that, let alone be a pastor. Are you kidding me? Like, all they do is like sit around behind a desk and drink coffee and pray. I mean, that right? That's all we do is pastor. Yes, it's great. <laughs> Far from the truth. Far from the truth. Uh, I love what I do. And I still am blown away that God chose me. That, that God allows me to do what I do. I'm, I'm telling you, it is like every day, it just blows my mind. And every day is not easy, trust me. Christine, you know, as a pastor, there, there are days where you can talk to somebody who's in hospice, and then two hours later, you're talking to a young couple who's getting married, and, and life is perfect, and, and you've got to be able to switch hats so quick, so it, it's not always easy, and it's not always fun, it's not always exciting, sometimes you are getting in the trenches, and it's dirty, and it's hard, and it's difficult, but man, what an opportunity, because no matter whether you're up or down in life, the same consistency of Jesus is there, and Jesus cares, and Jesus wants the best for you is always the same, Mm -hmm. and we have that opportunity, whether people are at their highs or in their valleys, we have that opportunity to be there for them, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's a big deal, It is. so yeah, this, this, uh, this kid didn't always think very highly of himself. And there's still yeah. a struggle because the enemies, you know, you're not qualified. You're not, I didn't go to Bible school. I didn't mm-hmm. go to four years to some Bible, but I worked real hard as an adult trying to take classes and taking classes and doing all the things I needed to do. Yeah. So, and I know like pretty- you talked a little bit about how the week leading up to preaching, um, the enemy just does his best to get in your, get in your head. Right. And to make you feel like I, I constantly battle with that. Like, who do you think you are? You know, like mm-hmm. w- what makes you think that you can preach this message, especially this message coming up. Right. And then I think you add to that. And thankfully over time, you learn to take those thoughts captive, recognize where they're coming from, replace those lies with the truth. Right. Um, But I think what adds to that is this kind of cancel culture that we live in. So as communicators, you step out on stage and you have to make a decision. Do you want to be popular or do you want to be, have courage and be obedient? That's a very, very real challenge. And so that, that battle in, in the mind, it's difficult, right? Like I am, you feel that, feel that I am, um, who, whose voice am I listening to right now? Whose voice is the loudest right now? I can tell you for me, a few years ago, it changed. You know, I had a life changing situation. I had a heart attack mm-hmm. and it was serious. It was 95% blocked. And I remember after that, getting well, thank God, having mercy on me. It's not done with me yet. But I remember somebody asking me after I preached, and I had to be careful not to get defensive, but they asked me a question. They said, Do you preach? When you preach, do you preach like it's your last time? I was like, wow, was I that bad? <laughs> like, what are you saying? You know, so, so the, the enemy's in there telling you, you did a terrible. And, and so I just had to ask him. So did, was there some, was it not a good message? I mean, why do you say that? No, no, 
I just felt like the Lord needed me to ask you that. And ever since that question, I, I legit try to preach like it's my last time. So every time I get up on that stage, number one, it's a privilege, but I want to leave that stage empty. Mm-hmm. I want to give everything that I put into it. I want it out there, yeah. everything. So I can walk off and say, yes, yes, I did. I did. Well, and that's obvious. I tell you all the time, you're one of my all-time favorite communicators because you just, you bring the word to life and you, you are so willing to tell on yourself and to say me too, like (laughs) I'm preaching to myself, right? Like this message on Sunday about justice, I'm preaching to myself. Like I am, I know I'm not qualified to preach this message, but the first rung on the beatitude ladder is poor in spirit, right? It's admitting our need for God and just saying, listen, stretch me, grow me, change me, help me. I want to learn. And yeah. And you, that, ex, that comes out of you when you preach and just the imagination that you put into it and the illustrations and, and the walkaways are always so, so powerful. It's so memorable. Um, so we're, we're, I know. I, I, that's, that's a huge compliment for me. It really is. Um, you know, people just want authenticity. Mm-hmm. Just be you, man. Just, doesn't mean you can't learn from other preachers and pastors. I love watching other pastors. I really do. But I learned from one of those pastors. Don't try to be me. Don't try to be anybody else. God created you, you. And that's what I want to use is you. So just be real. Don't try to wear somebody else's armor, right? That was Sam Collier had said that to me last year. He's like, just be careful. Don't try to put on somebody else's armor. God gave you your own. You wear it. And uh, oh, those are just such good words. It's a good yeah. word. Yeah. So, all right. So we talked about um, just finding the forgiveness, learning how to forgive yourself, learning how to apply God's word, right? Because the, the word says that in John, actually you read it, um, John 8, 31 through 36, you said, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And part of knowing the truth is knowing the truth about who God says you are, right? And so you shared with us some verses that really, really were such a powerful reminder of whatever it is, whoever's filling that blank, I am blank, whether it's yourself, whether it's others, whether it's the enemy, like take those thoughts captive and replace them with the truth of who God says you are. So would you mind sharing those verses with us as we wrap up? Yeah, so I'm going to have to take a, a deep breath here because there's a lot of them. <laughs> take um, your time too because they're powerful. And so like- They, are, they really are. It's Man, and there's there's more. Like this is only just some of them as I was, was researching this. And it's interesting as I, I remember writing this and thinking as I continued to find these verses, man, I could just feel my confidence in Christ. Like, yes, this is this is how- how God sees me and all those other voices and things that people say gone. And that is, you know, you said about taking your thoughts captive, that verse doesn't say those thoughts won't come. Mm. Those thoughts will come. That's right. Not a, it's not that you're not trying to, you're not going to stop that. You're not going to stop hearing the world and all of that. But what we can do through the power of Christ in us is we take them captive. And, and if you research what that really means, it means take them and get rid of them. So not just because what you think of a captive is, is bound up. So you take them and you get rid of them. Don't mm-hmm. hold on to them. Let them 
go. Yeah. So here are the verses. Okay. Uh, John chapter one, verse 12. I am a child of God. John 15, one through five. I am a branch of the true vine and a conduit of Christ's life. John 15, 15. I am a friend of God. Romans 3, 24. I have been justified and redeemed. Romans 6, 6. My old self was crucified with Christ and I am no longer a slave to sin. Mm. That is freedom right there. Mm. Romans 8, 1. I will not be condemned by God. God doesn't condemn you. Boy, that's a good reminder for somebody. Romans 8, 2. I have been set free from the law of sin and death. Romans 15, 7. I have been accepted by Christ. And what I want you to know about this one, it ends with a period, not a comma, mm -hmm. not a comma saying, if you do this or it just simple, I have been accepted by Christ. Let that sink in. First uh, Corinthians 6, 19, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in me. The mm -hmm. spirit of God is in us. Second Corinthians 2, 14, God leads me in the triumph and knowledge of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, I am a new creation. Galatians 3.28, I have been made one with all who are in Christ Jesus. Galatians 4.7, I am no longer a slave, but a child and an heir. Galatians 5.1, I have been set free in Christ. The Bible and Jesus talks a lot about freedom, freedom in him. Ephesians 1.3, I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Wow. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 1.4, I am chosen, holy, and blameless before God. So the next time the devil tries to bring your past up, you tell him Ephesians 1.4. Ephesians 1.7, I am redeemed and forgiven by the grace of Christ. Ephesians 1.11, I have been predestined by God to obtain an inheritance. Yes, there are rewards for following God. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, because of God's mercy and love, I have been made alive with Christ. Ephesians 2.10, I am God's workmanship created to produce good works. Ephesians 2.13, I have been brought near to God by the blood of of Christ. He made the ultimate sacrifice. Ephesians 3.12, I have boldness and confidence and confident access to God through faith in Christ. We have this access to God. That's amazing. Ephesians 4.24, my new self is righteous and holy. Philippians 3.20, I am a citizen of heaven. Philippians 4.7, the peace of God guards my heart and mind. So cool. Philippians 4.19, God supplies all my needs. Again, period. Colossians 2.10, I have been made complete in Christ. Mm. Colossians 3.1, I have been raised up with Christ. Two more. Colossians 3.12, I have been chosen of God and I am holy and beloved. And last one, 1 Thessalonians 1.4, God loves me. And God has chosen me. Just amazing. So good. So if you this need to fill in the blank with I am, there you go. There you go. Yeah.
And I would encourage, um, I've been reading the Bible differently the last couple of years. I've been reading it slow, right? Yeah. And just really, and reading it, and sometimes just a verse, right? Like just reading it over and over and over again, and just really taking the time to say to the Holy Spirit, to ask the Holy Spirit to show me which word or which phrase really, like that the Holy Spirit wants me to focus on. And and that has made such a huge difference. So I would encourage everybody who's listening, rewind, go back to where Pastor Eric started to read those verses and listen, get in a quiet place, just sit and quietly listen and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show you which of those verses do you need to just grab hold of, write it down, put it all over the place. Because the most powerful thing we can do is to replace the, uh, the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. When you said, I am chosen, <sighs> so yep. powerful. Yep. I love when the Bible tells us we are his beloved, right? We're his favorite. Do you see yourself the way that God sees you? Because in order for you to be truly free, and this is what I heard you say, Pastor Eric, in order for us to be truly free, we need to see ourselves the way that God sees us. And then that is reflected in, that changes the way we see others, right? As all, everyone made in the image of God, worthy of dignity and love and respect. It changes everything. It changes everything. Oh, so you good. know, the picture I see with the, with the handcuff thing is I had a key and I said, the key is Christ. But the thing that I didn't say that I wish I would have, because we do that as pastors all the time. Yeah is we have the opportunity we hold that key yeah and when we tell others about jesus he unlocks it but we we hold the key mm -hmm. and so when we tell others it's like us giving them the key so we have this amazing opportunity to help people see you can be free through christ by offering that key to them that that's how i see it yeah. you know when i talk to people who are in such bondage and yeah. In terrible situations and feel hopeless. I'm like, no, I have the key. I, it's here. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll start preaching. I won't do it. No, that's so good because <laughs> it makes me want to do that. Because what happens is, though, people only want the key when they see that you are really living in freedom, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want that key if you are living and you're you're being judgmental and you're beating people over the head or you're yourself, like you're not seeing yourself the way that God sees you and you're constantly beating yourself up and damaging the people around you. You can keep that key, buddy, <laughs> right? That's right. That's right. So we need to live lives. We need to make ourselves justice, right? Is restoring our relationship with God so that we can restore others. We can make things right for others. And so- Oh man, it take, it's a good work, but it's a hard work. It's a deep, deep work, but it is so, so worth it. Yeah, I can tell, I can tell you're ready to preach this Sunday. I can tell. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. All right. So will you wrap us up by yeah. praying for us? And uh, all right. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Lord, we just thank you for this time, Lord God. We thank you that we can get together and encourage one another, Lord God. And God, we thank you that you are the key to true freedom. And God, that is what we want for everybody, Lord. We don't care where they've been. We don't care where they are necessarily, God. We care that they are free and free indeed. And we know that that true freedom is found in the truth of Jesus Christ. God, so I pray for every person that may hear this, Lord God, that 
um, is allowing the enemy or someone else to fill in that blank of I am. God, remind them who they are, that they are loved and that they are chosen by you, God. Remind them of that right now, I ask. So they may live in freedom and they may share that freedom with others. And God, use us as your instruments to share that with, with everybody that we come in contact with, Lord God. Give us that urgency uh, to share this freedom, to share justice with others, to share your love and your mercy and grace with kindness, God, just as you did. You are the ultimate example of that. So let, let us live our lives according to your word, walking in your footsteps uh, and seeing people through your eyes. And I ask that in Jesus' most powerful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, Eric. Guys, I just want to remind you, if you missed Eric's message from this past Sunday, you can always go back and watch it on our website or our YouTube channel. And don't forget to download the GT Church podcast so you don't miss out on any of our sermons or our Growing Together episodes. Thanks again for joining us today. I'll see you next week when I sit down with Danielle Strickland. Danielle is a spiritual leader. She is a justice advocate. She's a preacher, an author, a peacemaker, doing a good, good work. She walks the walk when it comes to justice. I can't wait to share this conversation with you. Um, because when it comes to justice and living out your faith, I'm telling you, Danielle is the real deal. And so don't miss it. Have a great week, everyone.